Chris Hahn here on the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. We don't just talk about progressive politics. We tell you how to win because that's what being an aggressive progressive is. Check us out every Tuesday. New episodes on Pandora, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't miss a week. The Aggressive Progressive Podcast with Chris Hahn. Good afternoon, Cliff. Good afternoon, Bobo. How are you doing today? Excellent. How are you? Excellent. Fantastic. I'm, I'm actually also probably excellent. Um, at the museum today, we're going seven days a week. That's the big news from us. Seven days a week for all your Bigfoot needs here at the North American Bigfoot Center. So I'm pretty excited about that. Pretty excited about the holiday season and all this sort of stuff. We got some snow this week and very briefly. And I don't know. I think I'm going to get out of the woods this coming week. Uh, there's a lot going on that I'm excited about. Cool. What makes yeah. you so excellent? Like uh, all high and mighty. You've been eating good and resting and sticking to the, the diet, not eating stuff I shouldn't eat. And yeah, I just had a little R&R. Nice. Well, I know you've been working your butt off, driving all over the, the, the state, delivering things. And this production thing seems to be driving you into the ground sometimes. You're just so tired when I speak to you. So you're getting a little bit of time off from all that. Do you have to go back to the production thing in the next couple of weeks after the new year? Yeah. Or? Oh yeah, yeah. I start. Uh, I'm gonna do. I gotta go down to Southern California, and on the way down, I'll go because we're doing that Big Sur documentary, the Bigfoot and Big Sur. Then, uh, then I gotta come back up. I'm gonna do more of that hyperbaric chamber therapy down in cool. LA. Uh huh. And when we get breaks from that, I'm I'm gonna I'm working on three documentaries actually. Another one's on kind of a ground unification theory on the paranormal like like uh is there something that connects like ufos bigfoot ghosts like is there something like you know like, what is it you know like is there anything that connects these things at all or are all of them real and we're just kind of diving into that i'm more of a kind of a the host on that one like i'm i'm kind of representing the the uh uninitiated into that world and having talking to people that are you know supposed to be expert in these kind of things. So I'll be looking at it through the eyes of ignorance as most people will and kind of have them explain it so that we can understand it. So you're going to be up, up in the Portland area? Cause you know, Tom Powell's super into that. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're coming through there. Nice. Nice. Well, it'd be good to see you. Good to see you at the shop too. So yeah. But um, cool. well, speaking of which is uh, that's what brings us to our guest today because this guy's got a really popular podcast He's a good guy, and he delves into everything. You're going to like him. I mean, he does conspiracy theories, Bigfoot, UFOs, near-death experiences. Um, you name it, He's he, he can talk about it. And we got Tony Merkel from the Confessionals podcast joining us today. Right on. Tony, thank you very much for joining us on Bigfoot and Beyond. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Been called yeah. out to the big leagues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I, I like your show, you know. And I, I was just in the middle of Dent's run, the lost gold from Civil War. Yeah, that is, whew. Oh, what an episode, right? 
Oh my God. Cause I, I followed that. You, you know about the story clip, the guys that, what was it? A half a billion dollars worth of gold. Yeah. They, they estimate about $400 million worth of gold, uh, that they found. Well, depending on who you want to talk to, whether they found it or not. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause I followed that in the news, but hearing, I never heard these guys, the actual gold seekers telling their, you know, their version of it with the psychic and all that. I mean, that was crazy. Yeah. I, I do. I, I didn't even know about the psychic. I had no idea about the psychic until I already reached out to the son and we started talking. And uh, and then I, I forget where I, I saw it, but they were talk, they, they mentioned about it, the psychic. I was like, oh crap, this really will fit for my show. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I thought I was going to be doing an off-topic, like let's do a treasure hunting show, and all of a sudden we're saying, hey, the reason why we found the gold is because a psychic told us where it was at. It's like, oh, okay, yep, you're definitely the confessionals material. Let's do this. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. I mean, and I mean, people always ask for proof. Like, that one sounds like proof to me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and the thing is, like they mentioned on the show, they are continuing to use uh, the psychic that helped them and other psychics to find other you know treasures and stuff. I mean, they travel all over the place and they've had a lot of success and they're finding uh, different treasures in Pennsylvania alone. I mean, Pennsylvania has a lot of uh, legends of treasures and stuff. And before I was talking to them, I assumed, because I've always been interested in the whole treasure hunting thing, and I always assumed that a lot of these legends were just that. They're legends and probably not a whole lot of truth behind it. But they're saying the opposite. They're like, no, there's a lot of truth behind this stuff. And they're starting to find a lot of it. And I think a lot of it's because, one, obviously Pennsylvania is such an old state area that we were in. But it was also heavily traveled going from like, you know, the southern like Florida area up into Canada. And so, like, for instance, there's this one legend of a, a guy named Blackbeard, which isn't the Blackbeard everybody talks about. There was two of them. This guy was commissioned by uh, the Queen of England to, um, to recover a treasure off a ship that was down off the, the Gulf Coast. It was a Spanish ship. And he actually, he goes ahead and gets it and he's bringing it up through. He gets sick in Pennsylvania. So he stashes the gold, gets into Canada where, you know, he can get help and stuff. And then he sends somebody back down to retrieve the gold. And apparently that person never came back, but he started buying a lot of property and things like that. So yeah. it turns out he probably found it. But um, the legend is that people are talking about what he bought and how much it would have cost him as to what he died with. And they're saying that he must not, not have uh, found all the treasure because uh, it doesn't match up mathematically. So supposedly the Blackbeard treasure is still out there somewhere. Well, there's a bunch of gold stashes too because like Gettysburg, which made that, which rerouted that wagon full of, the wagons full of gold to go around the battlefield. As the Civil War went up and down, back and forth, like uh, if the armies were coming, the, the local banks would take all the gold and bury it somewhere out in a cave or stash it somewhere. And then uh, if they got killed as the battle came through, like no one knew where that gold was anymore. Yeah, uh, it, it it's just it, it's so much fun to, to look into that stuff. There, there's a I'm in the Philadelphia area, and there was uh, back in a long time ago, uh, there was a, a gang called the Dolan Gang, and there were two brothers. They were always they were robbing people, and they would stash their 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 loot all over the place, and uh, most of it was never found. Uh, but they were so shunned by society that the uh, cemetery that they were were to be buried at, they, they didn't want to bury them with everybody else. So they actually buried them on the outside of the cemetery on the other side of the cement wall. And to this day in Doylestown, PA, you can go to the cemetery the, the cemetery and find their graves on the outside, unkept. Like on the inside, it's the grass is mowed, but around their grave, the grass is overgrowing and nobody cares about it. It's just like, wow, to this day they're shunned. 
<laughs> wow. wow. You, 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 Cliff, um, I was telling you about Tony. He was on a project that interest uh, that, that we're interested in also was your expedition looking for the dog man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you did an expedition. How does one do an expedition for dog man? Well, I, I don't know. I just do stuff. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just, uh, you know, I, I don't know how to do this stuff. I just go out and do it. And so um, I went out before I started podcasting, I would just hike around. I was driving truck and I would hike around on the weekends here in PA. Um, I was interested in the Bigfoot topic and, you know, never saw anything. And I just wanted to be in the environment. So I would go hiking and do off trail stuff and be home for dinner. Never miss dinner. Uh, and then... I started podcasting and kind of got away from that stuff because it takes a lot of time. And then I had a show this year, uh, episode 335, Dog versus Dog Man. And Kyle had come on and he started talking about how when he was 15 in Kentucky, he and his grandfather went out one night to go raccoon hunting. And his grandfather was an, you know, an older man, not great shape, and uh, decided to stay in the truck. But they had two-way radios. And uh, the dogs take off and they they get on a scent and they actually wind up treeing a coon. And he hears it, and then he also hears uh, a pack of coyotes coming in. And his grandfather heard it too. And his grandfather got on the radio and said, do you hear the coyotes? He said, yes. And he says, get in there before the coyotes get there, because if the coyotes get there, it's not going to be pretty. Well, he doesn't get there in time, and there's a fight. And he has, a, he has an older dog and a younger dog. And the older dog, Jake, uh, is very experienced. Bo was not very experienced. And he actually heard Bo run away. So now Jake's fighting these coyotes, and... He said the coyotes came in more like uh, one or two at a time, not as a pack. And uh, he, you could hear Jake was kind of holding his own. And then he, he said, you heard the coyotes retreat. And then the coyotes came back more like a pack. And they started whooping up on his dog, Jake. Now, Jake was a very large dog. And in the area was like a legendary dog. Like everybody knew this dog because he was just so good at what he was trained to do. And they started whooping up on this dog. He's trying to get in there. And all of a sudden he hears his other dog, Bo come back in and the fight takes a change. The coyotes run off. He arrives on scene. And by the time he gets back on scene, his dog, Jake has already like, like the idea of the coyotes is like yesterday to the dog. He's already treeing the raccoon again, barking. And, uh, he comes over, pets the dog and he hears his other dog, Bo, the younger one on the other side of the tree. And, uh, he hears it chowing down on a coyote. So he turns, goes around the tree to get his dog and when he lays eyes on his dog, he finds out it's not his dog at all. Uh, he said what he saw was a very large dog, uh, so big that it was holding a coyote's a coyote by its rib cages in its mouth. Um, it, it, he said it was absolutely huge. And when it stood, it, when it, when it looked at him and he locked eyes, it stood up on two hind legs. A chase ensues. The only reason he and I believe this to be true as well. Uh, the only reason why he is alive today is because his dog, Jake, uh, intervened and almost died that night. In fact, he thought his dog did die. He left his dog out there all night because he thought his dog was dead. And uh, the next day, him and his grandfather went back to the area looking for the dog. Didn't find him in the morning, but his grandfather left his coat on the side of the road so that the dog would have the scent. If he was out there, come to find the, the coat, and then they could find him. And uh, that evening, they went back. And uh, couldn't find him. And all of a sudden, he sees his grandfather sees down the road a little bit, like it was like one of those, you know, wood, you know, those um, off road trail kind of roads. Uh, he sees a, a dog right in the bush and he goes and he says, Hey, that's Bo. Because Bo, by the way, Bo was gone, like never came back. They didn't know where he was and they thought it was Bo. He goes up close and it wasn't Bo, it was Jake. 
Jake survived, puts him in the back of the truck. They actually nurse him back to health. And then like two weeks later, like a local shop called and said they had the other dog, Bo, at their shop and they went and picked him up. But it was such a crazy story. So all that to say, that's what took me to uh, Kentucky. I said to him, because I said to him, it was a fantastic story. And I was like, this is amazing. And I, I said, would you be able to show me where this happened? He said, yeah. And he had never been back there since he was 15. And I, I said, so if I come down with a team of guys, you would show me? And he said, yep. And so that's what we did the first week of October. Uh, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I just like, okay, here we go. So um, I, I got a cabin. I, I assembled a team of guys and we went down there and Kyle took us out uh, a few days that, that week uh, showing us different areas and uh, we had some very interesting things that we uncovered and saw and didn't see, but heard and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, so we're making that into like a documentary and that should be coming out soon. Uh, there are some newer developments that happened after we shot down there and came back home with Kyle. There are some newer developments that I think uh, Christian is trying to put into the film. So uh, I think that's kind of what's taking it a little bit longer. But at the end of the day, it's going to be a fun uh, documentary for people to watch um, I'll tell everybody right now, I didn't, I didn't get a dog, man. So I, <laughs> if it was that you easy, to, I, you guys went to kill one though. I mean, you actually went to go bring back a body. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I, I don't know how everybody else feels. I know it's a hot topic when it comes to this kind of stuff, but, uh, when it comes to this kind of stuff, I, I, I'm not like saying we should just go and have a hunting season every year for all this kind of stuff. I just think that, you know, I don't know, like it, if we, if we can have a body and throw it in front of a news camera that that would do a lot of a lot of validation you know and uh on top of it i think that when it comes to dog man if i'm that close to one i think it might be like either you or me kind of situation so yeah uh, well here's a hypothetical for you because I, I like monster movies i really really enjoy monster movies not not stressful psychological thrillers monster movies and i've seen more than my fair share i assume you have as well imagine uh you take a shot at one of these dogmen thing it collapses you have the kill shot you got lucky with the bullet placement and all that stuff and then it slowly turns into a human and there's a naked human lying dead at your feet what do you do uh, I thought about that the whole way down to Kentucky. I thought about that. Yeah. What if they're uh, lycanthropes, you know, like, right. Well, right. I know. I know. It's a concern. And it's not a, a lot of people have that concern. I want to point out you're very lucky. It's a very real concern. And I brought it up to my team when I was talking to them. I said, guys, what happens if this is, is a human and we're talking about like a werewolf and, and, uh, Kyle, the guy who experienced it, he's adamant like he believes that these are just physical creatures because i mean there's there's legends of these creatures throughout his family his grandfather talked about it. they they called it uh slewfoot in the older days and oh yeah his, i've heard that yeah so like his grandfather one night uh he was sleeping next to a window in his grandfather's like house and his grandfather actually picked him up and moved him to the middle of the room and the next day he asked grandfather why did you move me last night and he said so the slewfoot doesn't reach in and get you <laughs> and, and like, so like his grandfather was tracking a slew foot at one time. And he always thought that a slew foot was a bear because it's an old bluegrass song talking about the slew foot. But it, he found out later in life that the lyrics originally weren't bear, but actually a, a, like an upright walking dog that they were singing about. And so like the legend goes, goes deep. And so I started thinking like, you know, what, what if like, this is actually just like some kind of like witchcraft or turning into a, a into you know a beast and uh and Kyle was just like nope 
it's a physical creature. That's that. And I'm just like, all right, but if, 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 if we, if we shoot this thing and it turns into a human, we got a lot of explaining to do. <laughs> you know, I, I, have, I have a friend that was a Navajo police officer and two times they got reports of people being attacked by like giant wolf dog things, like, you know, five foot tall on all fours. And this, uh, one time this guy said, I shot it point blank three times in the chest and they went out there. And so they, you know, they were like, whatever. So they just went out there to check it out. Cause there's a report and they found a guy, a naked guy out there with three bullet wounds in his chest. Oh my God. Yeah. See, those are the kind of things I don't want to hear, man. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. It's cause I mean, you can't, you can, there's no way you can explain it at that point. I mean, with this officer, we were hunting, we were hunting a, a, a werewolf. I swear to you, he had fangs and everything, you know, <laughs> I mean, the best you can hope is that it gets caught on camera while you do it so they can, they can see it. But I mean, my goodness, man. I mean, we had we had cameras out there and stuff. Like uh, Ward, he uh, he used to film for uh, Glenn Beck over at The Blaze years ago, like f- four or five years ago. And uh, Christian has done stuff with the Discovery Channel, I believe. And so I had some guys that really knew what they were doing with this kind of format. And and that was good because I didn't. And uh, they, that's why they're taking, they took the reins of all the filming and cutting it and all that stuff. But uh, I know it's whatever whatever they put together. I know is going to be awesome when it's all said and done. What did you guys have for firepower? Like, what kind of guns did you were you going to bring down this giant wolf with? Well, I we we brought three eighties. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I had a twelve gauge. Um, we were bringing double op buck and slugs on for the twelve gauges. Uh, Joel had a twelve gauge. Uh, we all had uh, you know handguns as well on us, which you know is just more of like a desperate plea at that point um and uh ward had a really decked out ar uh that that he put a lot of work into but um i figured between all of us if that's not enough then we're screwed anyways yeah you know it is what it is and hopefully i mean I, i was just like there was just so many variables it's like well if we have to if we get to the point where we're actually pulling the trigger then uh it's really like you know let's just hope it works. You know, let's just hope right. it works. I mean, we went in there. Uh, we, we, I remember hiking it at night. It was like a two mile hike into this one spot. And it, it was probably the most nerve wracking hike I've ever gone through. Uh, because we were going into an area that this thing was seen and, um, we were, we were trying to bait it. Like we thought it like, so with Kyle's story, you heard the coyotes coming in and that's when this thing came in. So we spent time trying to bait it in with coyote calls and, and like a, like a dying coyote. And, uh, we brought coyote urine and we brought steaks. We we're going to hang and all like, and I'm thinking to myself, like hiking two miles through the woods to get to this location we were trying to get to. I was like, Oh my God, like you're, you're looking up hills down ravines and we're, we're shining lights everywhere. Like just cause you don't know, like if this thing's out there and it's coming for us, like, chances are it's pretty freaking stealth and i don't know like i was just you know being in that you guys have been in the woods at night and stuff it's like being in that environment it's easy to kind of let your your brain kind of just go out the window and and you're just like oh my god what are we what what am i doing you know that's what thermal thermal imagers take care of that yeah, yeah, yeah. The woods are mostly empty and got steaks and coyote urine and dead animal calls, man. You're it's like a good barbecue. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, we like, I just figured if I'm going to go down there, I'm going to try doing it the best I can. I mean, I'm not saying I'm professional or anything like that. I just wanted to do, try my best. I mean, if I'm going to invest the money to, to bring a team of guys to Kentucky and stuff, I wanted to try, you know, and I was under, under no illusion that, you know, we're going to go down there. We're going to get the dog, man. Like, I mean, I, I've said it, I'm sure plenty of times in recording, but I say a lot of that's kind of stuff tongue in cheek. I understand it ain't easy, you know, just like with the Bigfoot. I mean, if, if it was that easy, like everybody would do it, you know? Right. Or at least one person would have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned for more Bigfoot and Beyond with Cliff and Bobo. We'll be right back after these messages. Kick off 2022 with a better checking account with no monthly fees. Chime, an award-winning app and debit card, has no overdraft fees, foreign transaction fees, monthly fees, or service fees. With over 60,000 fee-free in-network ATMs at many locations like most Walgreens, 7-Eleven, CVS, you can access your money when you need it, where you need it. You can also send money to anyone, even if they aren't on Chime. Fee-free for you and no cash-out fees for them. Make your first good decision of the new year and join over 10 million people using Chime. Sign up only takes two minutes and doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at Chime.com slash Bigfoot. That's Chime.com slash Bigfoot. Banking services provided by and debit card issued by the Bank Corp Bank or Stride Bank N.A. Members of FDIC. Get fee-free transactions at any MoneyPass ATM in a 7-Eleven location and at any AllPoint or Visa Plus Alliance ATM. Otherwise, out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Sometimes pay anyone instant transfers can be delayed. The recipient must use a valid debit card or be a Chime member to claim funds. Sonidos of our music. Sonidos of our voices. Sonidos of our stories. Listen to the sounds and voices of Latin music and culture with Pandora stations like RMX, La Vida in Pop, El Pulso, and Satellites, and podcasts like Ruby Rosa and more. From music to stories, all that we are is in the sonidos of our culture. Listen now on Pandora. So you think uh, dogmen are, are physical things? Like, like there's a species. There's a there's hundreds of these things roaming around because there'd have to be for a species. Or do you think that they're morally more paranormal or or like something truly unexplainable at this point? Or what's your what's your gut feeling on that? You know, it's uh, that's been evol- evolving so much, man. Like I. I... <sighs> I won't hold you to it. Well, I mean, all of our no, models evolve yeah. as more information comes in. So I, I used to think that this, I used to view it very much like I, I, I like a, like a, just a giant dog creature, like Bigfoot or something. And the more I heard stories, the more I talked to different people, especially leading up to this event that we went down in October, the more I started thinking, man, like, it seems like there might be something more to this. And um, you know, I, I started hearing two people talk about how, you know, they, they saw this thing and it didn't seem totally physical at the moment they saw it. And then I saw like this one video of this guy in South Florida, I think it was, and he was shooting a, a, a he was on Facebook live and he was talking to people about what he just saw in his yard. And I think he had posted pictures of it before he went live. And then while he was on live, you see this thing run by the camera and it like, it looks like a, a big dog on hind legs but it also is like translucent. And, you know, that was on Facebook Live. And then he spent like 30 minutes talking about what he, freaking out, talking about what he just saw to people. 
people commenting, you know, I just saw that too. And it's like, okay, so I, I mean, maybe you could fake that. I don't know. That was and weird. You, so you remember that? And oh yeah. That was, that's, that's the best dog man thing I've seen. Yeah. And so like when I see that, I'm just like, was it moving so fast that the camera couldn't pick it up and it makes it look translucent? You know, you think about all these kind of things. Uh, and then like I'm driving down to Kentucky and I'm listening to a totally unrelated uh, show. Uh, it's usually more of like a culture politics type show. And because it was October, they were doing like spooky month and they had a guy on and they were just talking about different things. And he said that he was talking to a woman who was uh, part of like a school of mystery where they teach people how to do witchcraft and things like that. And she had told him that they were learning how to open up portals and when they were when they would open up portals, things would come through. And she said that one of the things she saw was an upright walking dog coming through the portal. And I'm driving to Kentucky to hunt the dog, man. I'm just like, freak, I did not want to hear that right now. <laughs> it was like four o'clock in the morning. I'm driving through the dark Pennsylvania. I'm just like, shoot, man, like, what am I doing? And uh, so like, there, there's a lot of those kind of things that I hear. And I'm just like, man, like, if that's true, then we're talking about something on a totally different level. And then is it even, is there even a point of bringing guns? You know, it's just like, I, I don't know. I, I lean towards, I guess if you, if you want me to say what I, I don't know what I, I, I think that these things are, are, are physical, but I also think there's probably a, a paranormal aspect to these things. Like, can they become like, uh, uh, more physical when the longer they're in this, this realm? I mean, there's, what was it? Edward. I always say it's either Edward or Edwin Monet, the, the, um, the the physicist he was on uh was he a physicist i can't remember he's like a scientist guy and he was on the chelsea handler show and and they asked him about the upside down like tongue in cheek and he's like actually we do dabble in parallel universes and like well what the heck like like you know like i mean if science is saying certain things like that i'm like well maybe maybe there is something to some of this stuff i don't know i just with my show i, I keep an open mind um according like i mean i i have very little um I, I mean, I have experiences in my life, but nothing like what most of the people have had on my show. And, and I just, I, I, I don't, I don't feel comfortable telling people, you know, well, I don't believe that's real. So that can't be real. I'm just like, I, I think people have experiences in life and, uh, going into their experiences, they have their own worldview and how they perceive reality. And I do think that shapes and molds how they have that, how they view that experience once they have it. Hundred percent, hundred percent. You said it very, very well. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Because um, you know, well, I I just do Bigfoot. I I don't bother with all the other stuff. I don't have the time, honestly. Um, and I hear all these experiences, and and ninety percent, ninety nine percent of them are just perfectly normal animal things. But every that one percent of weird stuff that comes in about Bigfoot, and uh, and and people know that I'm totally hundred percent flesh and blood, right? No questions asked. The thing, but that what most people don't appreciate about me is that I love the weird stuff, and I don't doubt those people's experiences because I don't really. I mean, I don't care if they're. I mean, I'm assuming they're telling the truth. If they're lying, I don't really care because doesn't matter. But um, I, I'm not taking anything away from their experience. I just don't think that has anything to do with Bigfoot, whether they do or not. Josh from Paranormal Roundtable down in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I heard it on your show or Dogman Encounters, but he talked about that time about at the abandoned church down in Texas where the three dogmen came out one after the other out of the well, like an old well, like wishing well, like a rock wall around it. Three of them? Yeah, three came so, out. So, so would it be appropriate for me to say, "Well, well, well"? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
I love it. Uh, Tony's a dad. He loves those jokes. Yeah, I, do. I, I literally have a dad joke sitting on my bookshelf behind me that I plan on starting to incorporate into my interviews. <laughs> I'm such a dork anymore, man. Like I don't even care to try fitting in. But uh, yeah, Josh. Josh actually is the one who uh, mentioned to me about the uh, the, uh, the the idea of Dog Man being like almost like metaphysical and stuff. Um, right. He he talks about that with his own experience because with his experience, what he experienced and what he remembers experienced was a very physical creature. But then the other people who experienced it with him, what they describe has more of a paranormal type aspect of what they saw. And so he had this has this theory. I don't know if it's his original theory or what, but he's the one who shared with me that I was the first time hearing it. Uh, he mentioned that he believes that the longer the, he believes that these things are interdimensional. And he believes that the longer they're in this dimension, the more physical they become. And I was just like, interesting. I like that, man. I like interesting that. Interesting idea. Yeah, uh, I, I just hope they're not real. I really sincerely hope like dogmen are not real. I think they might be. I don't know what's up with them. I think there might be something a little un, unexplainable, you know, at this point. Um, but uh, because that, where's the physical evidence? You know, where's the footprints? Where's the, the where's the stuff that we have for Sasquatch? Is my question. But um, but so they might be something weirder than that, which is totally cool, fine with me. Um, but I sincerely hope they're not real because it's just like if dinosaurs were still uh, still in existence, it would just fundamentally change camping well <laughs> so cliff well one i would say uh, we found a footprint our first oh. day we found, we did find our footprint but um it, it kyle's a tracker like people call him in to track like he, that's what he does um and i don't think we were all in agreement and and totally sure what we found but it was either a large canine or a large cat print but the print was probably about four and a half five inches uh uh, long and in Kentucky, like th- that for a cat, like that's, that's really big. Uh, that's like the size that you guys should be getting out there. I would think, uh, probably max, but, um, you know, it's like, okay, so are we talking about, a, a, an upright walking canine, but we only found one print. And that leads me to this question, uh, Cliff, uh, I'm here I am, I'm, I'm interview side kicking me and I'm sorry, but, um, like so, what what do you? And this is a sincere question. Like, what do you think about uh, with the people who are maybe finding like one print somewhere? Uh, do do you think that there's a, a a very rational physical explanation or or what? Yeah, yeah, it's a fault of the person finding the print and not being a very good tracker. Um, and, and and by the way, I'm included in that. I want to point that out. I cast a footprint on um, November 30th this year, uh, and I only found one. I only found one. It was a, it was a nice footprint. It had four out of five digits showing, etc. Now, mind you, that where the next print would have um, been laid is uh, uh, been put down is right where a an ATV drove. So there were tire tracks there. This was in the middle, like in the middle of a, of a road that we we found prints on last February and other stuff. So um, and then the next one would have been off to the side. Now we I didn't find any more evidence of the things passing except for that one footprint but that doesn't mean you know it didn't fall from the sky and, and like you know pogo pogo away on one leg you know hop away it's just that, that there was other sign there i just couldn't pick it up because the substrate yeah because because the thing about sasquatches versus these other animals like you know deer and elk and stuff that other people are largely uh, tracking is that deer and elk especially have uh, hooved feet uh, but sasquatches have large padded soft malleable feet um, and because of that, they're extraordinarily hard to track. And in fact, um, if you come in, if you're ever on this side of the country and you come into the NABC here, in, uh, we have a, 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 a cabinet full of footprints, you know, that you can purchase and whatever else, and like the ones I own, the intellectual property rights, or I have agreements with the owners to sell. Um, and in that, in that 
and they're all beautiful prints. They're, they're fantastic. You can see the toes on large, or most of them, et cetera. They're good-looking prints. But in that cabinet, I have another footprint that cast up on the Olympic Peninsula that um, – and I only keep, I've only sold one in two years of those, <laughs> but it's more instructional. And I, I bring that out for people and say, this is what most Sasquatch footprints look like in the ground. And they look at it and puzzle over it. And they say, what are, what are you even looking at? This is, and then I point out what I'm looking at and then they go, oh, I see it now. But the point of that whole thing is the, the learning process of this is what we're looking for. And I'm showing you this and you still don't see it. Yeah. That's why people don't find more footprints. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. When you first said that, you said uh, it's the fault of the caster. I was like, how dare you? You're probably offending everybody by saying it's their fault. Jeez. Well, you don't listen to our podcast very often, apparently. I say, some pretty, I say some pretty offensive things to our listeners sometimes, I think. so. That's, that's, that's always good. Keep them in check. Keep them in check. Well, you know, I want to I want to up everybody's game, and, and I said it in my last conference. Like, let's let's up our game or up ours. I agree. One hundred percent. That's his Mr. Furley, or uh, was that was that Mr. Furley? Mr. Furley, we're bringing Don Knotts into the conversation. Now we're talking. No, up up yours. <laughs> up yours. Wasn't that? Oh, never mind. No, there was a Seven Up thing in the in the nineties or two thousands. Like, make Seven Up yours. Uh, but, I, but I don't think uh, Mr. Furley said that. In fact, I don't think that any of the landlords on Three's Company have said that. My bad. <laughs> no, but th- you know, but, but Bubba, thank you once again for bringing Don Knotts into the conversation. It's been too long. Don Knotts is my favorite actor. A lot of people don't know that about me. I, I remember, uh, I think it was, I don't even remember what year it was. Probably like 2017, 2018. Uh, you both were at the Ohio Bigfoot Conference. And uh, there's people like, you know, trying to get pictures with you and stuff. And I was just like, I don't feel like standing in that line. <laughs> I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. I was just like, uh, uh, maybe next time. <laughs> I wouldn't We're stand in that line. <laughs> and it was great because like back then, like I, I could, like I went to OBC. Nobody freaking knew who I was. It was great. Like I think I had like one or two people come to me like, are you Tony Merkel? I'm like, yeah. And other than that, nothing. I was like, it was, it was perfect. I could just kind of chill, you know? And I, I don't really do a whole lot anymore because it, it's a project you guys know how it is. I mean, like, yeah. I, like I, I went to this one event um, and well, we did this one event down in uh, Houston and we sold like 200 tickets. It was like, it was crazy. I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, was that you and Wes? Yeah. Yeah. When we brought uh, Bob down. Yeah. And then we did a, uh, and we went into Dallas and we did a, uh, like a, I guess another, it wasn't a show. It was like my, like a meet and greet and we answered questions and stuff. And like people were showing up and you know, some of the people we were driving like four or five hours and just like, this is crazy. You know, like I was like, I'm, you guys know I'm just a truck driver with a podcast, right? Like, I'm, <laughs> well, I'm, let's not tell them. Well, you know, yeah, and we, not can edit, we can edit that out if you want. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not a truck driver anymore, so it is what it is. Nice, hey, nice. So you got on full time podcasting, huh? Yeah, yeah. I kind of kept it quiet and stuff for a while, just because uh, I, I don't really. I didn't want, I didn't know how to talk about it. Like, first of all, I don't require everybody else in the world to tell me when they change their careers. Yeah. Uh, and on top of it, I didn't want it to come across as boasting. Like I'm just not that person and stuff. Uh, but I've been doing it for almost a year now and I just, uh, I'm, I'm more comfortable with it, I guess. And I, I, I find now that it's actually useful to inspire other people to try in life. And that's, that's one of my big things is like, yeah, I'm a podcaster and we talk about a bunch of stuff, but like one of my deep passions in life is just to inspire other people to try. And I, I realized that like my, my life story going from where I went, even before 
podcasting and truck driving who I was to where I'm at now, it can be inspirational for other people to hear. And so I, I started thinking, you know what, I think maybe I need to just kind of find a way to talk about it without me feeling like I'm boasting. Because I just don't want it to come across as boasting because it's, it's not that at all. It's just uh, I want to inspire other people to to dream for their lives. I think a lot of times people, they, they're, they're adults. So, you know, you get caught up with trying to pay the bills. Uh, you have kids, wives, husbands, and you, and you forget how to dream about life. You had dreams as a kid, but you don't have them as, anymore. You just kind of live life on default. And, and I, I, I got out of that routine and I, I started dreaming for my life again and to see where it took me. I just want other people to experience that. I want other people to realize that you, know, you can be 35, 40, 50 years old and just start something and, and, and have fun and, 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 ha- and accomplish dreams. I have a friend who's a YouTuber. He has 165,000 people subscribed to his YouTube channel. He just turned like 60, 60, 61, something like that. He started podcasting his, uh, or his YouTube in his mid fifties. Like, I mean, like there is no age limit with, you know, having dreams in life and trying. No, um, man, I opened up the NABC at 49. See, you know, got on finding Bigfoot at 40 ish, you know? So like, yeah, it's never too late. And I I think that you're hitting on a really interesting um, idea that, uh, as you said, in in a roundabout way, that most people don't really take to heart. They don't realize the truth of this, is that existence, life itself, one's own life is malleable. You can actually mold that into any way you you want, basically. Now, it's not going to turn out exactly like you want. No art project ever does. But you can appreciate the, the the similarity between what actually results with what you actually asked for, so to speak. You know? Yeah, I, and that's exactly it. I mean, I, I, I almost word for word is how I talk about it. I mean, like you can literally mold your life. I mean, it it, it really is is something you can do. And and people, I just feel like when you get so caught up in the everyday life as an adult and the stresses that come along with it, it's hard for you to fathom that you can actually mold your life into something completely different than what you hate right now. And, and the fear, fear too. Yeah. I, I think fear is a dominant emotion in human beings. And it's, it's what stops us from tr- even trying to be successful in these far flung wacky ideas that we have. Sure. I mean, yeah. like you said, uh, you said you were what in your forties when you did finding Bigfoot, like there, at some point in your, in, in your adult life, you guys, and I did too, like made it a decision on a public level that you're like, man, if I fail, a lot of people are going to see this failure, <laughs> you know? And, and it's just like that willingness to say, you know what, the, 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 the pain of waking up when I'm 65, knowing that I had an opportunity to try something and I didn't because I was scared in the moment is much more than any kind of rejection I could get in that moment. Like I, like I do not, I hate, I hate, it scares me so bad to think about waking up one day and just saying, what if I would have tried that one thing I had a dream about and I just didn't try because I was worried about what other people would think about me. Like, like when nobody knew I was into the topic of Bigfoot and any of this kind of stuff well into my adulthood. I just kind of kept it quiet. Like I had my own online thing. Like I had Pennsylvania Sasquatch research on Facebook. Uh, I don't even run it anymore. And like, it was just like my own little secret guilty pleasure that I had. And then it just happened to be one guy at work stumbled across something that I did online. I still don't understand what, but he was like, he's that, that one guy that everybody has in their life that if you have a secret, you don't tell him. And he happened to find it. And I got out of my truck one day. It was late at night and we're getting, walking into the terminal. And he's like, dude, you're in the Bigfoot. And I just looked at him real serious, like, Oh my God, how'd you find that out? You know? And, and, and because it was him, there was no way that was going to be a secret. And I was just like that, that forced me to just be who I was publicly. And, and as a truck driver, you know, I got hounded for it. 
every day for a while. They're just like freaking Merkel, you know? But over time, that subsided. And I was able to be free to be who I was publicly. And now I started from the bottom. Now I'm here, you know, like here we are. I mean, like we're doing this and, um, I really don't know if I would even got to this point if I wasn't pushed like that to just be who I was openly without having to feel like I have to hide something. Oh, I think this is our age group, you know, cause you know, when you're in high school or whatever, you're looking at the graduation, going to college, when you're in college, you're looking at graduation, getting a job When you're getting to have a job. I'm looking forward to financial stability. And like, when you get in your forties and fifties, all that stuff is either behind you or right now. And like, hopefully you do have some sort of financial stability and whatever else, but so what's the next big project. And it, it's gotta be becoming who you authentically are and being okay with it. You know, not all of us are blessed to be Bobo and you don't give a hell, you don't give a damn like, from the moment you wake, you know, from when you're a child to, a, to when you die about what other people think and you're just going to be unabashedly you, unapologetically. We don't all get to be Bobo. Only Bobo does. So the rest of us, we're, that's what we, I think the middle age of our, of our life is about, becoming your authentic self and just going with it, you know? Yeah. 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 And, and, and it's a discovery process too. I mean, because what you just said, I don't think many people even acknowledge that is a possibility or something that they should be doing. And I, I just, like, I always use this example with people. Um, you can live your life on default and you're still going to change. And the thing is like, like, I, so I'm, I'm 36. When I was 26, I was a completely different person. I wasn't even talking about this stuff publicly. Like I was totally different. And I'm assuming that when I'm 46, I still will be a different person because life happens and you change as life happens. And so why not control that change instead of just living your life on default and allowing you to become this person on default as to whatever the circumstances around you uh, dictate, be that change in your life and, and control that change and be who you are inside and, and, and just control that direction. Like you were talking about earlier, Cliff, just molding your life in the direction you want it to go. I mean, it's, it's literally, it's possible. It takes a lot of work and effort sometimes, especially the older you are with the kids and the distractions in life, but it's definitely possible. Absolutely. I, I measure my lifetime in lifetimes now, you know, like, like the, I, I really do. You know, when, my, when I was in college, that's a whole different, that was lifetimes ago, literally lifetimes ago. When I was a, when I was fishing all the time, that's a different life. And when I was a teacher, that was a lot. There's my Portland life. There's my Long Beach life. There's a finding Bigfoot period of my lifetime. That was a whole lifetime unto itself. And now I've got this museum like lifetime. I measure my, my, my entire life in many lifetimes. Because I've changed so much and I've grown so much since then in various ways that I can't be held responsible or, or no, you're not responsible. Like I just, that isn't me anymore. I think is what, the, what I'm trying to say. That is not me. I'm a different person now than I was 10 years ago. And we, we all do that. And I think the, the more one is aware of that, perhaps maybe the happier we are as we go through life. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, that's, that's great though. I mean, mentioning your life and lifetimes, I, I never really thought of it that way, but that's a great way to look at it. And I'm definitely happier. I'm definitely happier. And uh, I feel more comfortable in my own skin. What about you, Bobes? I'm right there with you, fellas. <laughs> Thanks. You know, I, I wanted to, okay, this isn't a self-help. This is a weird program. <laughs> Sorry. Stay tuned for more Bigfoot and Beyond with Cliff and Bobo. We'll be right back after these messages. Cliff doesn't listen to podcasts at all. But um, I'm extremely he, he, media ignorant. He's he's like the new uh, Art Bell. He does everything. I was going to say what's because I've, I've you know I've listened to a lot of your sh shows. Which what things 
that sounded just nutty to you, maybe 10, you know, for whatever you, you've been doing it, what, five years now, six years? Yeah. What, is there anything that, that, that sounded totally bizarre, totally weird, like sky creatures or underground reptilian people or goat men? Like, is there anything that you thought was just like, oh, whatever, that's just whatever that now you think like, wow, that's really, that there could be something there. You know, there, there's a little bit, there's a little aspects of everything that has changed over the years. Um, when it comes to like, you know, alien abductions and, and things like that. Uh, and, and the, the, what, what we think aliens to be, uh, has changed a lot for me and things like that. But I, I would say, honestly, the, the one thing that I, I went into this really just not sure how I felt about it even possibly existing. And now to the point where I'm just, I'm like, yeah, I, I think that there's at least something people are experiencing here for sure. And it's the idea of this dog creature. And I, I say creature deliberately because, um, you know, we, we're hearing, because here's another aspect of the, um, of this phenomenon that I, I'm intrigued by is the fact that it's popping up in people's houses too, which tells me it's not necessarily something that it was just going to be, uh, hiding in, you know, a cave and in, on a rainy night. Do you mean uh, inside a people, a person's home, the structure is inside without breaking in. Now we've had uh, I've talked to people who have said that they they were you know taunted by this outside their house. It's jiggling the doorknob, trying to get in, kind of thing. Which uh, even that doesn't make sense because to me I'm just like if it's trying to get in and it wants to get in, it should be able to just get in. Uh, it doesn't need to turn the doorknob in the sense. So like what is it we're dealing with? But then um, the first time I heard this was actually on somebody else's show. Uh, they, they, he had a call, a calling guy, actually it's somebody in your neck of the woods up there, uh, Clyde Lewis. Um, Carino Clyde. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he had a program and, uh, somebody called in and said that, you know, one night him and his wife, uh, went to bed angry. They were arguing and they never do that. Like they, they, they always kind of smooth things out before they go to bed, but they were just mad. They're laying in bed, both awake. And he looks at the bottom of his bed and he starts seeing like these red shapes appear on, on the, uh, on the wall, at the bottom of their bed. And he says to his wife, are you seeing this? And she's like, yeah. And they're just kind of watching this. And he said something inside of him made him feel like, like almost like tell him, look to your left. And so when he turned and looked to his left, there was this huge dog standing there in his room with red eyes. And I'm just like, well, that doesn't seem very physical to me. You know, and we hear about the hellhounds um, and, and just there's like all these different aspects of this, this dog creature that, it really makes me wonder, are we talking about the same thing? Are we talking about different types of things? I mean, it, like, could Dogman be a very physical thing, but that's not what this guy experienced. He experienced more of like a demonic dog creature, you know? Like, I don't know. But uh, the, 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 this whole aspect of, of these creatures, uh, the, the dog creatures, for me, has gotten much more real over time. Uh, when I came into this, because when I came into this, I, I really was based in the Bigfoot stuff. Uh, I believed in a lot of the other stuff, the aliens, abductions, and I've heard these stories of ghosts, of hauntings, demons. Uh, but I, I didn't really spend a whole lot of time talking to people about this stuff. So I, I like when I came on the show, I, I'm kind of like learning as I go, talking to people and hearing their experiences. And from there, I'm kind of trying to make th sense of things in my own mind. And, and the longer I talk to people and I've heard little things pop up here and there with these dog creatures, I think I probably have had more people on the show saying, that, or even off the show, saying that they have seen uh, some kind of dog creature in, in a, just an un, 
natural manner in the sense like it popping up in their house than they ha- I have in the woods. Just like I was ha- hiking through the woods and I was chased out by this creature. Uh, and so it tells me that there, it seems like there, at, at the very least, there's probably, I don't know if very least, but to me, I guess it, I lean towards, we're, we're probably dealing with multiple types of things here, not just one thing like, oh, it's a dog, man. And it can appear in people's houses. And next thing you know, it's, it's eating a, a coyote in, underneath a tree, you know? Yeah, why why would they need to eat at all if they can do stuff like that, right? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 it's 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 uh, it's very bizarre. So many questions. So many questions. Well, I think it's good that you don't have any answers to a lot of these questions, honestly, because uh, I think the, a lot of looking into the mysteries of the of, of where we are, this this situation we're in, um, is about asking questions more than finding the answers. Uh, I, I think that's the more, the more interesting thing because it opens up possibilities. Which is a really good segue to uh, the, one of the final segments we have here on the show today. Um, I understand that you are the the kind of the sit in guest because I don't listen to any podcast, not even my own. Um, so you're the sit in guest for uh, uh, um, Wes, right on on Sasquatch Chronicles. I wouldn't say sit in. I haven't been there in probably over two three hundred episodes. <laughs> really, I had no idea. No, no, like like me and me and Wes. Like I mean, we, I, I think we talk we we talk enough off air that we don't even think about doing anything for this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, now, didn't you take on Bobo in a trivia contest yes, or something? On Was that funny. on Sasquatch Chronicles no. or was that on your show? No, that was that was Wes's show and Bobo mocked me. Mocked. Well, well, here we go. Round two, The Reckoning. I think that this is this is a good a place as any for a rematch to try to redeem yourself. But I will tell you, Bobo is damn good at trivia and he knows a lot. Um, and so we're going to put you on the spot here. And um, this is it. You want to a guest? No, I'm sorry, man. I'm so <laughs> sorry. Tony, you walked into a trap. I apologize. Um, That's okay. Yeah. So uh, we're going to give you a chance to redeem yourself. Not um, hopeful. And, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But this isn't Bigfoot knowledge. This is general knowledge. So you have a good solid chance. Okay. So uh, that's going to be the last segment for our show here. Um, and, and, you don't want to beat and, uh, the poor guy up when he's a guest. That's <laughs> okay. That's okay. Uh, redeem yourself, Tony. Is it redeem yourself? <laughs> this is your sh- this is your chance to to make your family proud. Or to slink away with your tail between your legs. And or just the tell corner. them not to listen to this one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, are, are you up for the challenge here, Tony? Sure, why not? Bobo, are you ready to shame our guest? Let's do it. Okay, well, um, this is, you know, Tony, this is an away game for you. This is Bobo's home court, so we're going to let you choose. Are you player one or player two, Tony? Uh, I'll player two. Okay, okay, because I have a whole list of uh, um, questions for each player, so nobody gets it. Here are the rules. I ask you the question, um, and uh, basically, we're going to let Tony go first, all right? Because, again, this is the, he's our guest, Bobes. No, he's player so, two. He said he wants to be player two. Yeah, but he's also a guest, so we're going to let him go first, because you're the one that's saying, like, we shouldn't beat up on our guest. Well, this is a chance to be nice to him. Let's do it. I said he wants to go second. <laughs> I, I thought we were going second, but nope. Oh, do you well you can no, 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 would no. you like would you like to go second? Not anymore. Let's do this. Let's go first. Let's get yeah, it over with. Player one, player two. It's just a set of questions I have in front of me. So oh, okay. gotcha. So so basically I'm gonna ask you the question, and if you get it right, you get a point. If you don't get it right, then the other person gets a shot at it. Okay. And then uh, if, if nobody gets it right, they'll tell you the answer. All right? Okay, here we go. Tony, here's your first question. What organization was originally called the Sons of Daniel Boone? The Sons of Daniel Boone. Yeah, and the organization is still in existence today. Man, I, I don't know. I live five minutes from the homestead of Daniel Boone. 15 Every, everybody knows this organization. Everybody has heard of it. Really? This. Everyone. 
What organization was originally called the Sons of Daniel Boone? I think I know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Bubs, what do you think? Is it Boy Scouts? It is the Boy Scouts. Ding, oh, ding, ding, ding. Bobo got a point. It's not. I honestly didn't know that one. I just guessed. It was a good guess. It was a really good guess. Okay, so we go now. We get, now toss it to Bobo. Bobo, if you travel directly south from London until you reach a foreign country, what country would that be? Uh, would it be Morocco? No. Tony, what do you think? Spain? Oh, no. No. It, it would be France. Oh, I wasn't going to say that anyways. No one got that one. Okay, Tony, your turn. On which Led Zeppelin album would you find the song Houses of the Holy? Bobo, you're next. <laughs> <laughs> Houses of the Holy. Oh, man, I, I, I suck at knowing what, uh, what uh, Led Zeppelin 4. No, it would be Physical Graffiti. Oh, okay. Okay, we're looking at one to nothing. Tony, you are still within grasp here, and we have a lot of questions to go. Bobo, it's not ready. you're not ready to uh, you know, flaunt your win yet, so here we go. Bobo, your turn. Excluding Antarctica, which continent has the largest percentage of desert land? Percentage, mind you. That's the key here. Largest percentage of desert land would be Australia? That is correct. Bobo pulls further ahead to zero. You gotta ask Tony a hip hop. You gotta ask a hip hop question if you're gonna throw a rock and roll question because you like hip hop, right, Tony? Yeah, but listen, uh, we're just gonna go with it because I'm probably (laughs) I'm not having much faith in myself. Oh man, let's just have some fun. Okay, uh, Tony, here's your next question. Oh, true or false? So it's fifty percent. You you got this. I got true. True or false? Rhode Island was one of the original thirteen colonies. Oh, man, this seems like a layup, so I'm going to say true. It is true. Good. You got a point, so now it's two to one. Okay, Bobo, are you ready? Yep. How many red stripes are there on the U.S. flag? Seven. That's correct, Bobs. Good job. Cool. (laughs) Got to be seven or six, right? Right. Okay. Tony, here's your next question. What team did Tom Brady's Patriots defeat to earn Brady's first Super Bowl win? Oh, the first. I know he beat the Eagles, I think, on the fourth. Um, the very first one is what we're talking about. Mm. Oh, man. Uh, I'm racking my brain on that one, too. Yeah, Bob's is stressing. I mean, He's a football guy, so. You got to think back 20,000 years. Um, Cardinals? No. Bobo, you want to give it a shot? Uh, oh, jeez. Giants. No, the oh. St. Louis Rams. Oh, that was my, I was, that was my original get. Damn it. They took out the greatest show on turf. That's right. Okay. Well, Bobo, this is your uh, question here. In what two sports can a quote unquote perfect game occur? There's only Baseball. two sports you can have a perfect game. Baseball and bowling. Oh, yeah, you're right. Good job. Nailed it. He did nail it. So Bobo is at four. Tony's at one. Okay, but Tony, here's your chance. Here we go. Quote, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Dot, 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 unquote. Are the first words in what 1859 novel? <sighs> um, hmm, 1859 novel. 
Yeah. 18- it's a it's a Dickens novel. Hmm. Dickens. I read it. I hated it. If you read it and hated it, I probably didn't read it. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, Bobo's up. I, I'm not gonna. I don't. I'm not sure. Okay, Bobs. You know, you're yeah, well read. It, it's God. I'm brain farting so hard right now. I knew it was Dickens. It's the best of time. Was it uh, Horatio Alger? No, it was a tale of two cities. That's right. God dang it. Well, uh, you, prob- you probably saw the 1974 soft porn movie, uh, Sale of Two Titties. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Bobo, I, here's your next That was a bad myth. I should have got that in the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> here's the next question. This is Bobo's turn here. What did the letter M stand for in the show MASH? Uh, or is it mobile? Yes, it is mobile. Yeah, mobile. Okay, five to one. Not sure wow. Tony can catch up at this point, but let's go ahead and rub, continue rubbing his face into it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Number six. What was the only part of the current United States invaded by the Japanese during World War II? Hawaii. It says here Alaska. Yeah, as I said, the Aleutian Islands. Really? Yeah, because did they really invade Hawaii or just bombs? No, no, they, they, invaded, yeah. they, invaded, they invaded the Aleutians. Oh, and I gave the answer. Gosh darn it, I, I did broke my own rules. I'm not good at this game either. <laughs> I knew that right. one. Okay, all right. So, uh, Bobo, your question. What is the longest river in the U.S.? Well, I know, I'm not sure exactly when it becomes. I guess I'm just going to say Mississippi. No. I didn't, what? Yeah. Oh, no, I know I know what it is. I know what it is. Well, Tony, it's Tony's turn here. So, well, it, Tony, you have a shot on this one? It's not the Mississippi. Not the Mississippi. Ah, oh, shoot, man. Uh, you need a hint? I'll give you a hint because you're so far behind. Sure. Oh, oh, man. Uh, it's, a hint might actually make me feel stupider, but okay. Oh, man. Uh, if you don't get this right, you're going to be in misery. Missouri River. Oh, the Missouri River. Congratulations. You got hey. a point. <laughs> He's catching yeah. up, Bobo. I did the <laughs> Missouri. I did the Missouri. Dumped into the Mississippi. I wasn't sure which part was longer, but I was thinking Yukon, the Yukon River. But that flows through Canada a lot of it, I guess. Oh uh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Well, th- let's see. This one is goes to Tony. Words that express excitement or emotion, like "Hey," "Oh," "Yay," or "Ouch," are what part of speech? Go back to a little schoolhouse rock here. <sighs> I talk for a living. yes you do um let's talk about talking mm, what are those parts of speech called not a noun not an adjective not a conjunction a verb no not a verb i I, i'm i'm listen can i can i can i I call my wife down here (laughs) typically the brains behind everything get your wife grab a fifth grader from next door do something (laughs) yeah Is it adverb? No, you're both wrong. It is an interjection. Interjection. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That makes yeah, it sense. Does. It totally makes sense. If, you know, I listen. I, I was never good at tests. I didn't graduate college. Barely graduated high school. So that's Tony <laughs> Merkel. <laughs> you used to be a teacher, right? So <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. These are all unfair for me because I, yeah, I can teach this stuff. Well, but this is what this one's going to be tough for Bobo. So get warm up your brain here, uh, Tony. I think you might get this one, Bobo. What Nintendo video game series was named after the Great Gatsby author 
F. Scott Fitzgerald's wife. I don't play. I never played video games. So I, I know. know. Tony, you have any idea on this one? No, I'm actually me and Boba are pretty much the same on that one. I oh, okay. never really played much many video games. So <laughs> the know. Legend of Zelda oh, is the answer to this I, one. I was just gonna say it's probably Zelda. Oh, oh, you're gonna say that? Should we give him a point, Bob? No, 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 no. We'll still lose. No, (laughs) I'll take it then. (laughs) Okay, last question. So, right now we're standing at uh, five points for Bobo, two for Tony. So, unless one of these, unless one of these questions, these last two questions is worth at least three points, Tony's screwed. So, let's see. Which Tony, which of these three cities is located closest to New York? Is it Moscow, Buenos Aires, or Honolulu? That's interesting. How long is a flight from New York to Moscow? Uh, I, I'm going to say Moscow. You are correct. Yeah, that was my guess. You are correct. Good job. Wonderful. And then, Bobo, last question. Where was the Titanic going when it sunk? I mean, it's its final destination or where it was going to go like i think it was heading to yeah, the bottom going, of the atlantic was it going to where? stop in well i know it was going to new york eventually but was it going to stop like in canada on the way for like a for some uh i was going to say new york but i think they were supposed to stop somewhere before that well it was going to new york it, it just took a permanent side trip Right. Downwards. All right. So uh, final score, Bobo six, Tony three. Ish. All right. Three-ish. Three-ish. <laughs> we'll, we'll give you that Zelda thing, okay? So it looks better. Okay, so the answer is six, or the, the final score here is six to four. Um, what Do you guys remember what the score was last time when you did this on uh, the Sasquatch Chronicles? I think, no. I think it was worse. Worse. Was, <laughs> you're doing better then. Good job. In all honesty, uh, I, I think my brain has forgotten a lot of stuff in my life just because I, I think people's brains work different and, and I don't I can't I don't have a very big hard drive. So I, I think I I dump information just to make room for other stuff, you know? Like yeah. I, I just the bandwidth is really stretched these days. But I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm pretty stupid too. <laughs> well, I think you did great. <laughs> okay. I think you did great. You held your own, you know, four to six to four against the Bobes. That's not that bad. I'm telling you, like, like Bobo, I, I, I don't remember what the score was, but he mocked me. And who's the other guy? There's somebody else there too. I forget. Oh, um, Banjo or something. Something. They started with a B. I forget. Uh, he hasn't been on this. The guy show. from Texas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, but anyways, yeah. I mean, I, I was just like, you know, pathetic then. Still pathetic, but hey. No, oh, no. Don't undersell yourself. Bobo is a formidable foe when it comes to trivia. And to even dare to take him on, especially the drop of a hat, like we put you on the spot here, it shows a lot of guts and a lot of character. And you did very well. Four out of four versus six is not bad. I would be proud to walk away from a, um, a tangle with the Bobes if I got four out of six. Well, I'm going to make Bobo my lifeline next time I'm doing a trivia game somewhere. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> should, he's my lifeline. I would have rather talked about weird stuff for 20 minutes, but too bad. We could always have Tony back. Oh, I don't think he's going to come back after we jumped him like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine, guys. I'm fine. Like, uh, I listen. I say things myself that embarrass me publicly, so I don't need your help, anyways. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, do you have any Bigfoot questions for us? All right. Well, I mean, let, let's let's do this. Uh, you guys spent a long time doing finding Bigfoot and, and, and traveling the world doing that. 
Uh, did you guys ever come across something out there finding Bigfoot that wasn't big per- Bigfoot pertaining to the topic of Bigfoot that that you're like, oh man, this is crazy, bizarre, but uh, nobody's ever going to know about it because we're on finding Bigfoot. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the the large cat. Yeah, I saw a black panther. But I mean, people know about that because I've talked about it. But yeah, but that didn't really make the cut because... <laughs> Saw a black panther in southern Illinois somewhere. So, and then I saw that in Lake Kinsua in Pennsylvania. I I saw something big chasing the carp, and Cliff got a glimpse of it. I watched. I saw it for about thirty seconds before those guys saw it. Well, I saw the carp, and I saw the carp like three foot carp, probably two two or three foot long carp jumping out of the water, like 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 they're trying to evade a predator in front of this big wave that was being pushed by something. That's what I saw. Bobo saw it before I did, though, so I don't know what he what his. I saw the body. Was. It was a. Uh, it definitely wasn't a sturgeon because it had. It looked like it looked like a sea lion, like a California sea lion, like a brownish hued skin, like not scales. And it was. I saw probably a twelve foot section of it, and there was no discernible fins or anything like that. It was just. It looked like a, kind of like some kind of big snake or something like that. Man. Uh, and if it was chasing what two, two to three foot carp, I mean, that's, yeah. uh, yeah, that's, they're big. I remember that. I was impressed by that. And then we were told after that, they said, yeah, there's people report a serpent in this lake. Do you know where wow. Kinsu is? Yeah. I'm in PA. I, 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 I was actually planning on going to check out the bridge one night. Oh, it's cool. Oh, yeah. We, we, we were pretty sure we had a squat show up there. We were doing calls off that thing. Well, we're doing whale calls, like blasting these whale vocalizations off the top of that uh, that bridge. It's pretty awesome. Oh yeah. man! I, so I told I, I was telling my brother we I want to go hit that up because it's not too far away from this place, uh, Austin, Pennsylvania, that had a dam that broke back in like I think the early 1900s and killed like 78 people and this whole thing and it still stands today the remnants of it and and it's kanzu is not that far and i wanted to go check out kanzu because that whole area is known for sasquatch activity then there's the bridge and i try to find areas to go and hang out at at night where there's multiple storylines you know like like uh for instance i did the um the the uh the world war ii prisoner of war camp in pennsylvania where they interrogated nazi prisoners and and, it, and the japanese prisoners and so we went there because it's like this haunted camp, you know, and then uh, w- w- there's also a lot of Bigfoot activity and dogman activity in this area. There's Dead Woman, Dead Woman's Hollow five minutes down the road. So there's like many multiple storylines. Actually, actually that night, in all honesty, I'm out there and I'm holding a K2 meter. I turned off my camera. My brother's holding the night vision camera and, I, I, and I'm getting hits on my K2. And almost immediately we hear... What sounded like a Bigfoot howl off in the distance. And it was the first time I've ever heard anything like that. And my eyes got as big as saucers. I looked at my brother. My brother doesn't believe in Bigfoot. None of it. And uh, and to this day, he's like, I don't know what we heard. I'm like, you know what we heard. You just don't want to admit it, dude. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and I, it's just like, but I, I, I know what I heard. And it was super loud. And uh, I, I was stunned because I wasn't even thinking Bigfoot in that moment. I was thinking, you know, let's get these K2 meter going and stuff. And you know how people say, you know, when Bigfoot's around, their their equipment goes dead or whatever. Um, it's not paranormal in my mind, but some people have been trying to say it's paranormal. But what's crazy is that before we went back out on in the woods that night, this was happened at like four o'clock in the morning, I think. Uh, we we were sitting in the truck for about an hour because it was raining hard, and we get out of the truck. 
my brother sets the camera on the hood of the truck and he gets in, gets in to get something and the camera falls off the truck. And I'm like, oh man. And so I pick it up and I'm looking at it. It seems fine. I, I turn it on. It's filming fine. Cool. So we go out, we do our thing. We get back. We find out the, uh, the cord to the microphone snapped and we didn't catch that thing on audio. We, we were filming for oh. two hours with just video with a, with an electronic buzz. And I'm, just like, <laughs> I'm like, you got like, I've been searching for this all my life. And, and, and the one time I have something happen, the microphone's broken. Come on. I was like, nobody's going to believe me. Like See, that's, that's how you know it was a Sasquatch. Cause Murphy's yeah. Murphy's law was in full effect. And Murphy, most people don't know this is actually a Sasquatch. That's what they yeah. need the law after. It has to be. That has to be. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I was mad. I was so mad because I was like, they, like I'm never going to have this opportunity again. I'm never going to hear that thing again, ever. And, and <laughs> I was like, the one time it happens, the, 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 and, I, and at that moment, I turned off my camera because I was doing the K2. So my camera's turned off and his is rolling with no, no, with no audio. I was like, if, it, if the thing would have happened literally like two minutes before while my camera was still running, I would have caught it on my camera. But it just happened, that one time I turned my camera off that's when it freaking happened. I'm like, no, nah, this is this is such a perfect coincidence that I'm like, nobody's gonna freaking believe me, dude. I was so depressed. I was so depressed. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's squatching. That's bigfooting. Yeah, totally. It's squatching. Uh, well, it's depressing. So you got a new YouTube channel going, right, Tony? Yeah, well, it's a, it's an old YouTube channel I'm trying with. You know, I uh, uh, I had it for a long time. I just didn't really mess with it. I think I had like 20 videos up over the last few years and. Uh, this year, I decided I was going to start trying with it. And so I'm in the middle of uploading my archive. I have like 100 more episodes to upload to it. And uh, the channel's grown significantly. I mean, uh, we broke 20,000 subscribers, I think, like two weeks ago. And oh, wow. uh, I was just looking at it, and we, we're now at 21,000. And so, you know, my, my goals are starting to become ambitious. I'm going to start uh, doing other things with the YouTube channel. Um, we're going to. I'm going to do some uh, like storytelling type stuff. Uh, I might even do a, a voicemail show where I set up a voicemail line and people kind of call in and give you know short little stories and I play them and react to them and have an open phone line where people can call in and have conversation about what they just heard, things like that. You know, just trying to uh, to dabble with other things and constantly grow. I mean, I don't expect everything to work. I don't expect everything to hit and everybody love it, but. Uh, I just want to try some ideas that I have. I want to try it out and see what happens. I bought a green screen and it turns out that um, my studio is 11 by 11 and it's kind of hard to shoot a green screen in here because I don't have enough space between me and the green screen behind me and it has this like weird effect on my shoulders. I don't know how to do it. I'm sure somebody that knows what they're doing with video would be like, oh yeah, you just do this. I'm just like, I don't freaking know. So now the green screen's here and I'm not really using it. So, <laughs> <laughs> What's the yeah, name of the YouTube channel so people can I, subscribe? Because after this, you're going to get 21,300 subscribers. Wonderful. wonderful. <laughs> Every single one helps. Uh, yeah, it's just the confessionals right now. And uh, if you look on YouTube whenever you hear this and you look for the confessionals and you don't, you don't find it, it's because I changed the channel name. Sucker, you're too late. Uh, I, I'm thinking about changing the channel name to um, Merkle Media, which is like an LLC I own because... Uh, moving forward, I plan on doing more than just the confessionals on that channel. So I think I'm just going to change it to Merkle Media and, um, you know, have some fun with it. So either look up the confessionals or Merkle Media. It should be there. Um, you know, you'll be, you'll be fine. You'll figure it out. And that's Merkle, M-E-R-K-E-L. Yeah, just Media. like the German Chancellor, only I'm Puerto Rican. How about that? <laughs> How about that? <laughs> um, yeah, if you enjoy the old Art Bell show, 
Tony's show, The Confessionals, that's my go-to for like all high strangeness and weirdness. It's it's uh, my favorite podcast for just any mishmash of paranormal, cryptozoology, conspiracy. Um, all, everything's on there. I love it. I, I, I highly recommend it. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. And, and, and uh, you're really setting the bar high there by saying our bell, but uh, I'll try not to disappoint. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you you certainly did not disappoint as a guest. Thanks for letting us spring that uh, trivia thing on you. That was a lot of fun for me. Maybe not you guys, but I don't care. Um, It it was a lot of fun, and and what what an enjoyable conversation. Thank you very much, Tony, for joining us on Bigfoot and Beyond today. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. And uh, you didn't scare me away. I'll come back anytime, and we'll have to have you guys on my show sometime, too. I mean, everyone. Yeah, Tony, thanks so much for coming on. That was a fun time. And good luck on all your ventures coming up. I appreciate it, man. I'm I'm just out here trying, and I'm sure I'll hit you guys up for advice. You guys are the vets in this whole uh, endeavor. I'm going with the documentary style stuff. So if I have questions, I'll hit you guys up. Anytime. All right. Well, you take all it right. easy, Tony. Okay, folks. That was great. That was Tony Merkel from the Confessionals podcast. Check it out. And uh, hit like, hit share. And until next week, keep it squatchy. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bigfoot and Beyond. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes. Subscribe to Bigfoot and Beyond wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Bigfoot and Beyond Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Bigfoot and Beyond. That's an N in the middle. And tweet us your thoughts and questions with the hashtag Bigfoot and Beyond. 